think I know who the newest father in the room is. I wonder who the oldest father in the room is. <laughs> Should we go there? <laughs> we are so thankful for fathers. And uh, we just want to pray a blessing on, on our dads. Everyone who is who is a dad, either in the natural or in the spiritual, you know, even if you don't have your own natural kids, um, we are parents in the kingdom, and we're we are parents and influencers of, of people who are around us. So, Lord, I, I just want to bless um, bless our dads, especially those who are actively parenting right now, uh, for great wisdom. We ask for great wisdom for them, Lord, and grace. And uh, strength and patience, and we thank you that uh, that that our dads can look to you and um, and ask for help in every area, and that you love to give them everything they need for life and godliness and for raising kids and uh, loving their wives, and um, and for those Lord who are kids ministering to parents at this stage of life, um, Lord, we just thank you that that you give us grace for every season and every cycle of the, all of the cycle of life. And bless, bless dads particularly today, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I think we're going to have Richard come now. This is where we're going to have a communion. So Richard, um, if you want to come in and share, and then Bill and Brenda are going to uh, pass out the elements for us. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul draws our attention to the reason many Christians are weak, sick, even dying prematurely. I am not saying every believer's sickness is due to this, but God's Word highlights it. 
this is good news because it means that when we know what this reason is, we can avoid it. Paul says, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. First Corinthians 11, 29, 30. Now he explains this. The reason highlight, highlighted by Paul is not discerning the Lord's body. The word discerning is translated from a Greek word, diabrino, diabrino it is, which means to make a distinction. There are many who recognize that God's blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sin, but they don't recognize that his body was broken so our bodies can be well. There are also those who lump both the bread and the cup as one, seeing both as a representative of forgiveness of sin instead of separating the two. But the same Jesus who purchased the forgiveness of all our sins also removed all our diseases. The failure to make the distinction, this distinction and see that the Lord's body was broken for our diseases to be healed causes many to be sick and weak. Does that make sense? That's where I've been talking. And many, if many are sick and weak because they have failed to discern the Lord's body, then it stands to reason the opposite is true. Those who discern that his body was broken for their health will be healthy and strong and will live a good long life. There is such healing power in the Holy Communion, but too many people have been robbed of this gift, either because they do not know about it or because they haven't taught long about the, what the Lord meant for it to be. I believe that as you grow in your revelation symptoms of pains in my body. I believe that even now you are 
sacramental. We receive your healing in Jesus' name.
Sue and I are talking about the Joshua Project and the free store, and it has to change. There are things that are happening that are just gonna, it's just gonna be that way. And, and change here in church and in our hearts is not change for change's sake. It's when we're unctioned by the Holy Spirit, that's, I mean, I don't know what it looks like, but we sense, we sense in our spirits that there's change. And God wants it to be different. And he wants to be the motivator. I mean, we've, you know, we, I mean, the church man has got involved in the church and, and has made up, you know, this is how we're going to do this, and this is how we're going to have to do this, and then, okay, God, can you just rubber stamp this for us? He wants to be the one in charge. And I, and I, and I think in the midst of what we've gone through, and so many of us have gone through, not, not just COVID, St. Jesus. <laughs> you know, there's there's been uh, cancer in, in people's lives and different things like illnesses and loneliness and all of that. But it, it's for, I believe it's for a season. And just purpose, if you can, purpose in your heart that there's our God, there's changes coming. I was watching a program on TV, and um, it went out. It was actually um, Joyce Joyce Myers, and she said, and it, it was just it was a line. Um, our victory is not dictated by our circumstances. Like if if we have bad circumstances going on. We don't experience victory. And that's human nature to think like that when it's bad all this stuff. But God says, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit says, his victory is in our attitude. It's in our attitude. It's in our attitude. Purpose in your heart, this season that we're, we're coming to. Purpose in your heart to have that attitude. Uh, one, one of the scriptures that I had had written down, or not written down, had picked, is one, is one of my favorite scriptures. I just have to find it here. And it's, uh, it's Paul. It's in Philippians. And it's chapter 4. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I have learned to be content no matter the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. Oh, I wanna, I wanna latch onto that secret. I wanna find that secret. I mean, I experience it. I experience it sometimes. Sometimes it's fleeting. Like, uh, like, like right now, Jan, um, her cancer markers are going up, 
and they, they haven't gone over the threshold yet, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned. But I want to live in this place. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. At three o'clock this morning, I was quoting that scripture. I can do everything. Because I was, I don't know, just um, oppression comes sometimes. But I have the purpose in my heart to not accept that. And sometimes it's a process. Uh, Henry's been sending me some stuff. And uh, he thought he thought I didn't um, look at the video because he had said, yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't even look at it once. Well, the truth is I looked at it twice because I didn't understand it the first time. <laughs> but there is some absolute ugliness going on in our world. And some things we know and sometimes and, and some things we, we don't know of. But our God is in control. My sister uh, goes to a church in Okotoks and uh, <laughs> the, the pastor in the end with all of the things that are going on, you know, with the pandemic and and, and some people, you know, there is there is it's really interesting how we put names to things. There's vax vaxers and there's anti-vaxxers. And and it's you know it's it's causing a separation in the church. And it and it shouldn't. Uh, the other day it was getting up three or four in the morning. I said, go on. And I'd asked Steve, I gotta tell you that. I'd asked Steve, because I, I wanted I wanted to have accountability. And I said, Steve, what's what's going on with this? And you know, he's he's the head of five, six hundred uh, ministerial groups or churches across Canada. And I says, is this the way it is everywhere? I mean, not that we have a huge problem. But it's, it's evident sometimes. And he says, it's everywhere. He says, I deal with it all the time. My sister says, their church, there's people that have left. So anyways, I'm, I'm in bed. And uh, I said, God, what, talk to me about this. Tell me, what, tell me what this is about. And it took a while. But, they, but he, said, he, said, he said to me, he said, who sinned? Did the person that get a vaccine sin? Or did the person that didn't get a vaccine sin? And I said, I don't think either one of them sinned. And his exact words for me were, get on with it then. <laughs> get on with it then. He wants us to get on with this. Get past that. That's an opinion. And I, I, a couple Sundays ago, I, I said something that just wasn't my intent. It wasn't. And, and no one has been deceived in this. It, 
when I, when I mentioned that there was deception, there is. But it, it, it's just all over. And it's in everything. And, and Satan is doing work. But our God is, I believe he is also in this. All things work together for good. He is in this. There is, there is some blessings that are going to come out of this. He, he, he's, I believe he's trying to teach us to absolutely trust him in everything. I know what? I feel so good when I do that. I feel so bad when I don't, but then I just accept his grace. I saw a scripture the other day that said I, I, I had access to double grace sometimes. I want double grace. Bless you all. Bless you all. This has been so sweet today to, 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 to be here. And, and, and God gave us Zoom for a reason. And uh, the, I mean, the fruits that have come out of Zoom, I think, is that there's more people less inhibited to talk about what God has done for them. Happened, happened every Sunday. There was people just sharing, and it was great. And I, I, I just hope that that will continue. So, so bless you, Sue's, Sue has.
and um, we're not of this world, and that's going to become more and more apparent, isn't it, as, as times change, because we are, we are certainly the people who are way out on the extreme, or even some circles think we're terrorists. We are the extreme right people, and uh, what used to be normal, and maybe when we were growing up, is not normal anymore. And so there's very few people who maybe believe as we do, but uh, we're not, we didn't just pick it out of a hat, did we? For most of us, God came and God chose us and picked us out and showed us that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And so he chose us. And, uh, and so we're walking this out, what it looks like to walk in a world that is unable to see him or experience him in the same way that we are. But that's what we're doing, we're bringing salt and light. So if I were to ask you, what is the, your form of address for God? How do you usually address God? Go ahead and show. How do you usually address him when you pray or talk to him? Okay, Father. Dear Lord. Dear Lord, Lord. Heavenly Father, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Abba, Abba, maybe Papa, yeah. And yeah. um, you know, as I, I thought of, you know, uh, probably none of us use Yahweh, but that's one of His names, the Almighty. Um, so, what was Jesus's most common form of address for God? Do you know how many, like if you look at your Bible and crack it open where the New Testament and the Old Testament meet, that's, my dad used to say the Italian prophet is the last one in the Old Testament, Malachi. Okay. And uh, so if you look at my big fat Bible, okay, there's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. Guess how many times... God is called Father in the thick section. Fifteen. Fifteen. And uh, if any of you are watching The Chosen, you'll, do you remember that scene where uh, John the Baptist is in prison and Nicodemus comes to see him? Now this is based on scripture, so it's, it's not, it's fiction based on scripture. And, uh, and, Nicodemus says, you know, he's starting to see someone perform miracles, and it's Jesus. And John gets all excited and, and starts, he quotes a verse about, from Psalm 2, about the sun. Kiss the sun. And Nicodemus is so upset, and he's like, blasphemous. God doesn't have a son? So, you know, we live on the, we live on this side of the cross, this side of the New Testament, where we just take it for granted that God is our Father. For the Jews, that was blasphemous. Jesus came along and he started to refer to God as my father. And do you remember why they were so upset that he would say that? What what was the implication in calling God his father? He would assume the deity. That Christ was assuming deity, right? He, he was assuming equality with God. You know, I got a couple of sons here today, and the sun, if you look at the, the sun, you can, you're looking at the father and the reflection of the father. 
And in, in Jewish culture, inheriting everything the father had, but certainly the DNA of the father. So Israel was the son of God in the Old Testament. Interesting that, you know, God comes and puts Adam and Eve in the garden and he's walking with them in fellowship in, a, in this um, a friendship, sort of a relationship. And then when he calls Abraham, he says, I will make you the father of many nations. So the heart of the father, the heart of God, has always been as a father. Why a father? God is not a man, right? God is spirit. Those who worship, worship him in spirit and in truth. So why would God choose to call himself a father? And honestly, Probably many of us have never even thought about it because it, it, it's so natural to us that to call God our Father. There, I don't know that there's any other religion. You want to call it a religion? We, we, we pretend to not call it a religion. There's no other faith where God is portrayed as Father. So Christ comes and he starts talking about God as his father. And people are pretty upset. And Jesus says, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Wow, that's radical. That's blasphemous in the Jewish mindset. We're just going to read uh, John 14. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot in here, but I just want us to get a feel for how Jesus talked about God. Don't let your heart be troubled. It's Jesus talking to the disciples. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas, bless his heart, says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Thank God for Thomas, right? <laughs> Thank God that we get that great Christological statement because Thomas asked that question. So don't be afraid to ask questions. God gave me awesome answers. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him, and you have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said, have I been so long with you? Can you hear the, the patience in his voice? Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? These words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, 
he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. Holy Spirit coming. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my word, and the, the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, and don't let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. And I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up. Let's go for awful lot of mentions of the Father. If you've done Bible study with me, you'd be like, we need a special mark for Father. And that is in there repeatedly. Jesus calls God his Father. In fact, he teaches the disciples with the Lord's Prayer to pray our Father. He actually says, you guys pray our Father, but I call him my Father. He never includes himself. He's He's the son, right? We are sons and daughters, but he is the son. And Isaiah, through famous passage that we quote at Christmas time is, um, unto us a child is born, right? What's the next line? Anybody remember? Unto us a son is given. Unto us a son is given. Did you ever think about the wording of that? Unto us a child is born. So the son who was the Word of God, who existed with God, who was God, John 1. God was with, the Word was with God in the beginning, and the Word was God. 
everything that was made, God made through the Son. So the Son existed, right, in the Father. But a child was born into time. So the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. So God the Son is born. A child is born. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But the Son was given. It's very important in, in, a, in a Muslim context where in the Old Testament, people didn't talk about God having a son. And most of the ancient religions of that time were, were religions that were based around fertility. And the idea of God having a son would have meant that God would have had to have relations with somebody. But there was a son in the, the Godhead from the beginning who was born as a, a child, as a baby in time, and became a man in order to what? To display the fatherhood of God. You know, so this is like, so you haven't told us anything we don't know. You know what, like, well, what I find lately with the Holy Spirit is I sit and I listen to him saying things that I have known for 40 years, that I have not known and understood in my spirit in a way that he wants to make known to us these truths that will change us from the inside out if we sit with him and allow him to minister truth to us so that it won't just be words, but it will be spirit and it will be life so that when we speak them to people, they will have an effect. Just as you know, Richard is teaching us that if we come and we understand the significance of communion and we understand that he says, every time you gather, do this in remembrance of me because it is the quality of what you understand that is bringing life to your body. It's not a vain repetition of an act. It is understanding that he is life himself. And that as we take life himself, as we acknowledge what he's done, and that he has made a way for us to participate in life of the Godhead, that we get to participate in the divine nature, then life is imparted to us even as we believe and understand. And as I sat with the Father and said, like, you're, you are the Father. And one of my favorite pictures of uh, a memory of my dad, and you've heard me speak of my dad before, and he was, uh, he was a good dad. And he certainly, for what he knew of uh, having a dad and a, and a broken family, did a very good job. So I don't want to discredit my dad. But my dad is perception being a dad uh, was that he was a provider. And so my dad worked and brought him a paycheck and that was kind of the extent of it. Raising kids was my mom's job. So he didn't know us kids for a very long time. And then when I was in high school, then he became a believer and my mom was healed. But the, my most favorite memory of my dad is with Michael. And we were home from Africa, and someone had given us a timeshare. And we were in Ontario, Paris, Ontario. And we were given a timeshare in Vermont. Michael was bored, then it was just a new baby. And we were hiking in Vermont, and it was off season. That's why someone had given us the timeshare. The Vermont colors were past, and the Vermont snow had not yet arrived, so it's like November. 
and nobody's in Vermont at that time, so hotels were open. And so we're just hiking in the woods and enjoying being family. And a little cute Michael, white blonde, and he had these little hiking boots, it was so adorable. And he's hiking, and I turn around, and my dad is on his knees in front of his grandchild doing up his boot. And I took a picture. And I thought, this is, this is a picture of the father. This is a picture of the father that God came and made himself available to us. He, he knelt down. He came down as a man and made himself available to us and to put himself on the level of a little child to make himself accessible so he could look into the little child's eyes and serve that little child, the God of the universe. And I always remember, and I've told this story before too, but we went to the soup kitchen, we had, I asked people, if God came into the room, what would be his posture towards you? And I'll, I'll never forget, because there was a, this couple, and she was Italian, and he was native, and they were, you could just see them like from the other side of town, they were very flamboyant, they dressed in bright colors and interesting styles. And, uh, and when I said that, what would God's posture be towards you? She immediately did this. Wrap it up here. The end of 
John 14, Jesus said, get up and let us go from here. I think, you know, whatever we know going into the time that's coming, this, you know, most of us would say probably there's some tricky times coming, but God has whatever we need. But I think it really starts with knowing him as Father. That a Father that has your good in mind, and a Father that knows the beginning to the end, and that you can trust him. You can trust the Father. I love that Mary said, she's like, God, I already looked down that aisle. There's no dresser down there. <laughs> like, you know how we do that? It's like, oh, by the way, God. And it's like, God's like, yeah, would you just dress? Just like, walk this out. Play along, you know. I might know a thing or two. God is teaching us his voice. And he's teaching us that he's a good, good father. And that he delights in us. And that we were worth Christ going to the cross to die. And that he wants this, this intimate relationship. That's why the Jews were so freaked out with Jesus. They're like, you can't just talk about the almighty like that. Who do you think you are? And Jesus says, because we're actually one. And God wants us to be one with Jesus. And Jesus is one with the Father. And that's our that's the privilege of our calling into this incredible relationship with the Father. So simple message, but it is camping it, you know, camping it. And just say, so Lord. Show me the fullness of what it means for you to be my father. Father, thank you that we get to call you father. On this day, literally every day is Father's Day, in that we have the honor of calling you our father. Lord, so thank you for thank you for the whole plan that you laid out to show that. Lord, it wasn't just that you were a father. You were you were the king. You were the creator. You were all these magnificent things, but that you were held afar off until you sent the son out of your own heart to show us that your heart was to bring us close and to restore us and to cause us to walk in great fellowship with you, just as Adam and Eve did in the garden before the fall. So, Father, we, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege of uh, being your kids. And, Lord, um, bless us with the reality of that closeness so we can share it with those who feel far off and those who don't know that you knelt down and you wipe our face and you tie our shoe. And you kiss us on the forehead and say, welcome to my forever family.